Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's Super Bowl week here on SportsGrid and on Fantasy Sports Today. Thanks for watching our show this afternoon. I'm Craig Mish along with Davis Maddock. We got you for two hours here. Plenty of look at props for the Super Bowl fantasy reality perspective. Of course, we're going to get to it all and how things affect the world of fantasy. Also, the NBA trade deadline is coming up on Thursday, how that may affect DFS and fantasy as well. Uh, Davis Maddock with me, as always, for two hours here on the show. Davis, hope you had a good weekend. I saw your guy uh, won that golf tournament this weekend, too, at Pebble Beach. So nice weekend for you as we get ready to talk Super Bowl this week. Yep, my guy, Tom Hoagie, wins the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Unfortunately, though, it, it's got to be one of the only times in his career that I've not had a wager on him because the field mm. was so bad, uh, you know, because they're doing this Saudi Arabian Super League thing. Right. Um, so, you know, Bryson and, and uh, you know, Dustin Johnson and, and all these guys, they were all overseas so the numbers this week at uh the pro and they were awful he was he was he went off at 50 to 1 on the FanDuel sports book so unfortunately did not have the ticket but always happy to see my uh my friends get a win on the PGA tour for sure yeah no doubt about that and here in South Florida everyone of course is buzzing with the new hire in the NFL and that's where we're going to begin as we start the show today Mike McDaniel is the new head coach of the Miami Dolphins. So his seasons in San Francisco rewarded second year in a row. They take a coordinator off San Francisco and make them a head coach in the NFL. Of course, Robert Sala the year before. Uh, Herbert and Crosby named the MVPs as the AFC wins the uh, Pro Bowl. I did not see, watch, or recap one second of it, and hopefully you did not as well. The Cavs uh, get Karis LeVert traded again. I think this is the second time in three years. Uh, this time he goes to Cleveland from Indiana. Remember, he came over from Brooklyn in that uh, initial trade. And uh, and Tom Hoagie wins the Pebble Beach event. Davis mentioned, very important to keep an eye on these events in Saudi Arabia. I saw Phil Mickelson talking about that this week. Harold Varner ends up winning the Saudi Open. And so the other things that are happening today is we're closing in on the end of the hiring process here for head coaches, Davis, in the, uh, in the NFL. Uh, Mike McDaniel who is getting a lot of great reviews, of course, because of the way that he sort of converted things in, into the offense with San Francisco. He's going to now be basically two as mentor as far as things happening in Miami. But the other shock today is to see that Lovey Smith may end up being the head coach of the Houston Texans. That was not something that I saw coming. I don't know about you. Yeah, I don't, I don't really understand where this is coming from. You know, we've heard several different names being finalists for that position. You know, Brian Flores was one of the guys that they were discussing. Apparently, they were discussing having Josh McCown, 
you know, who has, has never coached at the NFL level before be their head coach. I wonder if this is a reaction to that Brian Flores lawsuit. I mean, it, it sort of seems in, in some way that it could be a reaction to that. But I mean, really what we know about the Texans organization is that it's a joke. I mean, it, it is owned by someone who doesn't really understand what's uh, what's going on in the NFL. And, and the owner's son is the guy who's calling the shots in the front office. So it's, it's just, you know, bad decision on top of bad decision. I think Lovey Smith is uh, an F minus hire, you know, just not a guy who was successful in the NFL, not a guy who was successful in college football. It just, it, it reeks of desperation to me. Yeah, it does. It does seem like a walk back here. It seems like may- maybe if they had to do it all over again, maybe David Culley was really the answer going into year two. And, and for whatever reason, they parted, uh, you know, ways with him a couple of weeks ago. As we welcome in our radio audience, of Sports Grid. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Nish, along with Davis Maddock, and then look, the Dolphins. You know, honestly, Davis are in a, a predicament too. Of course, they have everything happening with Brian Flores. We know that they wanted to go offense. They had uh, Harbaugh, the guy that I know that their owner wanted initially. You know, what six, seven years ago, whenever it was, they tried to get him to come. Then he was available again for a second. Ended up going back to Michigan. Michigan's, by the way, their offensive coordinator left Michigan while Jim Harbaugh was going back. So, you know, all kinds of crazy coaching stuff here. But inevitably, McDaniel will be judged on how well Tua plays and not much more, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that's just sort of the whole franchise, right? When when it became clear that, uh, you know, the my original analysis was wrong, that it was, you know, kind of ownership and stuff that wanted to get Deshaun Watson in there, but actually it was Brian Flores. I mean... Clearly, the organization has said we we drafted Tua, we took him, we you know we we tried to improve the wide receiver room. I think they will try to improve the wide receiver room again, you know, this off season. But there's there's a lot of pressure on him, and you know I I'm not sure how I feel about this hire. You know, one I think it's a good direction to be hiring younger guys who have not been head coaches of teams before. And uh, McDaniel certainly is very charming. His his interviews are his interviews are all really good. Um, but it's unclear what his responsibility was in San Francisco as True. the offensive coordinator yeah. because he didn't call plays, right? Shanahan calls the plays, and we know Shanahan is a really good offensive mind. So, I, I mean, maybe he interviewed very well, but it's just basically it's unclear what this guy's football philosophy is really up until this point. Yeah, and fascinating part of the whole dynamic is Mike McDaniel – uh, gets a job for what we have been explaining. Eric Bieniemy does the same thing in Kansas City. So if we are led to believe that it's Andy Reid doing what he's doing in Kansas City, it's crazy to think that Bieniemy does not get a gig. Mike McDaniel does, but at least the the take back here in South Florida is everyone seemingly pretty happy with uh, with the hire that they went on the, in terms of offense. But you know, whether or not not that means anything. In, uh, in a year or two from now, no one really knows for sure. All right, coming up next, NBA trade deadline is coming up Thursday. The Brooklyn Nets are, I don't know if a tailspin is the word for it, but so many of their players are out. There's rumors swirling everywhere about the trade, potential trade of James Harden. Steve Nash talks about that. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rack your look for spring at Nordstrom Rack and save up to 60% on brands you love. Rag & Bone, Vince, Marc Jacobs, Adidas, Joes, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. 
Score new dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and sunglasses, plus updates for the family and home. Get your spring on for less, up to 60% less, today at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. NBA trade deadline coming up this Thursday. And of course, lots of names out there. There is some potential for some really big trades this week. But of course, we're going to have to see what plays out over the next 72 hours. But the name that everyone seems to be discussing is the possibility of James Harden being moved from the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Yesterday in a pregame interview, their head coach, Steve Nash, said, hey, nothing to see here. He's going to be on our team the rest of the season. And Nash also said he wants to play in Brooklyn. Uh, I've talked to James. He wants to be here. You know, he wants to be here long term as well. So um, <clears throat> I don't think anything's changed other than noise from the outside. Uh, James wants to be here. Uh, we're building with James, and we think we have the best chance to win with James. So, you know, I don't think anything's changed on the inside, in our locker room, in our communication. It's just all the noise from the outside. The, the, when you mentioned you, you talked to James and he wants to be here, was that for, was that like a formal conversation with him? Obviously, there's a lot swirling. Um, does that include the front office? I mean, how deep did you guys get into, you know, his I mean, desire is, to be here? This has been a constant thing since the summer. You know, he's c- continually reiterated that he wants to be here. And uh, we've continually said that we want him here and that that's our best chance to win. So nothing's changed from the communication we've had. And uh we just want to be conservative with him so we don't lose him for big stretches. We think when he's healthy and Kevin's healthy and, and when Kyrie plays, uh, our team's a totally different team, and uh, we're excited by it. Coach. I mean, Davis, the, the end game here with Brooklyn is having all those three players. and I mean, you're not going to be able to trade Harden, I don't think, unless it's a Simmons deal or of some kind to get, I don't think, to get a player back that's going to be the caliber, caliber of a Harden to win a championship. I guess the question becomes three days from now, it's not a matter of believing what Steve Nash is saying because we've heard coaches say this before, then the player gets traded. But is it in the best interest of the Nets to do a, a 180 and, and change their mind, maybe, and, and move Harden somewhere else? Well, first off, I, I, don't, I don't believe Steve Nash at all. Uh, we, we would not be hearing these reports if James Harden was uh, you know what, uh, 100% gruntled, let's say. If James Harden was 100% happy, everything was, was cruising along smoothly, in uh in brooklyn we we would not be hearing this we wouldn't be hearing it from the the brooklyn side we wouldn't be hearing it from the 76ers side which is where a lot of stuff is coming from that daryl morey wants harden and that you know the simmons harden swap is there uh i i was just looking through teams last night seeing if there was another destination you know other than philadelphia where it might make sense and uh, the portland trailblazers i think are 
one spot where it could make sense. Um, you know, Damian Lillard has made it pretty clear he's he's just about done playing for the Portland Trailblazers. And if you are, if if that's true, then there's no point in holding on to CJ McCollum. The Blazers made the trade last week, trading away Norman Powell and Robert Covington, two of their uh, two of the three guys who have led the team in minutes up into this point. You know, signaling that they don't want to be competitive this year. So I thought that was an interesting one. I think you know, on the balance of probability. Harden is going to finish out this season as a member of the Brooklyn Nets, unless that 76ers deal does get done. But, you know, one of the other things is I am not so certain that James Harden is the guy that you want to be leveraging your entire franchise for uh, anymore. He is 32 years old. He is going to be turning 33 fairly soon. We know he's not a guy who takes his conditioning all that seriously. Um, you know, the, he, he has played worse this season than in years past. So I, it's a very interesting situation. Yeah, it definitely is. And of course, uh, with right now Durant out and with Harden not playing, Kyrie Irving has really been tremendous for them. Irving after the game last night, uh, 27 points, nine rebounds, 11 assists, and two blocks. Uh, Irving talked about, uh, you know, basically James Harden and all the rumors that are out there as far as him being traded. Um, how all those uh, kind of media plants start going around with rumors and stuff like that. I really do not concern myself with that. So, um, you know, a few conversations that we've had, uh, he's been really committed. And, um, you know, we just hold him to his word. Uh, but obviously, when we're going out to play games, we, we can't even really think about it. So, um, you know, we would love to have him in the lineup, um, but we want him at his optimal health. Season-long leagues is not really something we talk about too often, Davis, but what a gift Kyrie Irving has been, right? Like, look, hanging on, and then all of a sudden now he's the only guy playing in Brooklyn. He's putting up massive numbers. I mean, look at the – I mean, the loss yesterday, but look at the numbers he put up yesterday. I, I mean, I, I, not a ton of people are still playing NBA uh, you know, season-long, and I know that DFS, you, you put him in your lineup, but talk about anybody who did a draft right now, he's paying huge dividends. Yeah, he's been really good per 36 minutes, um, you know, 23 points, steal a game, five assists, five rebounds. I mean, and, and especially in the games where Harden and Durant have not played. Uh, certainly, you know, I, I'm sure the Brooklyn Nets wish that he could be playing in their home games uh, for, for a lot of different reasons. You know, that is, uh, <laughs> I, I realized this scenario last night, by the way. If they end up, because of this losing streak, having to play the Toronto Raptors in a playoff series, the Raptors have been have been going on a winning streak, Kyrie mm -hmm. would not be available for that series because he can't play the home games due to the vaccine mandate, and he is not even allowed to go to Canada at right. all. So he can't he can't play in those. Uh, he couldn't play in Toronto at all. So they, uh, they definitely would want to avoid the Toronto Raptors in an eventual playoff series. That would be pretty brutal for them. Yeah, definitely makes a lot of sense. Yesterday's big game, was, of course, was between Philadelphia and Chicago. And the Philadelphia 76ers came on top of that. And look who's creeping up again in the MVP conversation, folks. No, none other than Joel Embiid. Look at this game he had yesterday. 40 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 blocks. And naturally, with the way Embiid is playing, he said yesterday, as long as he is healthy, forget about everybody else. As long as he is healthy and he's on the floor, he thinks the Sixers are contenders. You know, I've uh, always believed that, you know, as long as, long as I'm on the floor, uh, you know, uh, we have a chance against anybody. So going into the season, uh, you know, it was the same mindset. And, uh, you know, we've either the East 
yes, this year is tough. Uh, you know, you can can be first there and then you lose one game and you drop all the way to six. Uh, so we just need to keep building every single game, uh, you know, trying to get a couple, you know, and try to separate ourselves or, from, you know, the playing or from the fifth or the sixth seed. And, um, but like I said, we need to build every single game. It's going to be the first time in my lifetime the East is better than the West in the NBA. Like, I just don't ever remember this happening. Now, teams have won championships, the Bulls, the Pistons, the Celtics, of course. But just as a whole, I don't ever remember the East being, like, better than the West from 1 to 8 or 1 to 10. I think a big game for Embiid worth noting also Davis in that game. DeMar DeRozan was just out of control last night too. He had a monster Crazy. game also in a loss for the Bulls. want to mention that as well. Uh, and maybe it's one of those two players winning MVP this year. Yeah. I mean, you know, seemed like a while that it was just like Steph's to lose. I, I think he got down to plus 400 early on in the season, but he's I, very weird for Steph Curry, but he's been in like an extended shooting slump and the Warriors have dropped a couple games here and there. It, it is wild that the 76ers are are basically a one-star team. You you really do not see one-star teams be, be in the running for a one seed, which, you know, it sounds crazy to say they're in the running for the one seed, but they have 32 wins. The Bucks have 34, the Cavs have 33, the Bulls have 33, and they have a bunch of injuries, and the Heat have 34. I, I, I'm rooting for the Bulls here, but they are getting done in by injuries at absolutely the worst time with uh, with Lonzo being banged up, and they don't really have a backup point guard. Yeah, and, and look, the game yesterday, you had two big stars going off for 40-plus points, um, and, and you know certainly this could come down right to the end as to who wins the East. The West looks like it's Phoenix to lose, no doubt. Uh, by the way, you think uh, that, that Los Angeles, did, you think they knew the Super Bowl was coming to Los Angeles, Davis, when they scheduled Giannis? and the Bucks to play the Lakers tomorrow night in L.A., I think they may have had a feeling <laughs> that they knew that the Super Bowl was going to be there and get all the media coverage tomorrow night. So we'll talk about that on tomorrow's show as well. But, of course, the Super Bowl is Sunday. Props are out over on FanDuel. We're going to take extended looks at them throughout the week right here on Fantasy Sports Today. So stay on the grid as Davis and I will return in just a couple of minutes with more fantasy and reality discussion. Don't go away. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com ah the sweet sound of sports you love from sling the collide of football pads the squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. 
Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Our coverage of the Super Bowl continues. Of course, all of our coverage in Los Angeles coming up a little bit later today with Scott Farrell. But Davis and I here continuing on on Fantasy Sports Today. And the Bengals had some media availability today. And Davis C.J. Uzama says he is not missing the biggest game of his life. So, of course, adjust your uh, player props accordingly based on coming up this Sunday. But that's kind of the way that you can get ahead of some of these things. It's actually like the injury-related stuff, Higby, Uzama. Like, if you could figure out who's going to play and who's not going to play, you could take advantage of some of those. Yeah, or betting that, you know, look, Uzama, it's going to be the biggest game of his life. They're going to shoot him up with all the painkillers that they have in the building. No guarantee he's able to make it, you know, obviously through the entire game. So maybe, uh, you know, some Drew Sample uh, player props, some Mitchell Wilcox, you know, player props, stuff like that is uh, is one of the angles. And I, I really have not heard anyone discuss this, but Cam Akers suffered a shoulder injury in their win over the San Francisco 49ers. And I was just kind of combing through props last night as we did a big preview podcast. And um, all the Cam Akers stuff basically just looks like the the books, the market is expecting him to be, you know, 100% the starter, good to go. And I am not uh, 100% sure on that. So I think uh, those are, I think the Sony Michelle props are a little interesting. Well, you remember a couple of years ago when when Todd Gurley was 100% healthy going into the Super Bowl, and literally every Gurley prop went under in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. All right, let's get to uh, updated MVP odds courtesy of FanDuel for the Super Bowl this week. Not much has changed. As you can see, Stafford still plus 120. Burrow down, I think, from plus 250 to plus 230, if I'm not mistaken. But Cup is the same. Aaron Donald is the same. Jamar Chase is the same. And I don't know that anything anyone's going to talk you out of Odell Beckham Jr. at plus 25 to 1. So I, you're going to stick with that as we head into Sunday? Yes. Yeah, I, uh, I actually uh, – so I filled out my card last night, and I think we'll probably get more into that stuff, you know, Thursday, Friday as we get a little bit closer. But I will tell you that Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham to win the MVP of this game are both on my card, which is uh, – my, my thinking is this. So – when the Chiefs win a Super Bowl, when the Patriots with Brady won the Super Bowl, or the Patriots with, or the Buccaneers mm-hmm. with Brady, when uh, you know Aaron Rodgers wins a Super Bowl, those guys are of such a caliber, they are such stars that as long as they just have a passable game, they're winning the MVP, right? So Mahomes wins Super Bowl MVP in 2019. I think he had 250 yards and one rushing touchdown, one passing touchdown. But really, the rightful MVP winner in that game was Damian Williams, right? So my thinking is with these two teams, now if the Bengals win, I I actually think that Burrow has that star caliber that Burrow gets there. I don't think that's true for the Rams. I think Stafford is, is obviously a great quarterback, but I don't think the media views him in that top five elite has to win Super Bowl MVP quarterback. So if either Cup or Odell has, you know, eight catches, 150 yards, a touchdown or two. And especially if it's like a signature 
moment, right? Like we always think about the signature moment of a Super Bowl. Sure. If, you know, Cooper Cup ha- catches a touchdown to win the game or whatever, I think he's winning MVP and not Odell. So I, I really like both of those guys to for Super Bowl MVP. Well, look, if that is the case, then let me present these odds to you, which, by the way, uh, I don't know. It doesn't seem like there's a ton of value here as compared to the players, because when we look at the position of the MVP winner at quarterback, you have minus 300. So clearly you're not going to bet that. And and it very well could be the winner. But I don't know, Davis, three to one. Is there a ton of value there? If I mean, I almost feel like I would rather just throw, you know, 20 bucks on cup, 20 bucks on Beckham. And if one wins, I do a lot better, right? Uh, running back, no, fullback be- plus 10 to 1, defensive player 8 to 1, tight end 15 to 1, and then the, you know, and anybody else basically, kicker, punter, somebody else, it's not going to be, that's not going to happen. It's not going to be 70 to 1. It's going to be one of these first few. And I would not eliminate tight end, by the way, by any means. I mean, one of these guys has a great game and it could change everything. But wh- where, it, it doesn't really make a ton of sense here. Like, wouldn't you rather just bet the players? What am I missing here on the receivers? Well, you know, you're getting you're getting T and Chase thrown in there with the wide receivers as well because uh-huh. you know the, the guys are are so dominant. I actually think the odds here that that look like I would bet would be defensive player. We have a former Super Bowl MVP defensive player in this game. Von Miller won Super Bowl MVP when the Denver mm-hmm. Broncos beat the uh, Carolina Panthers. And what you need to have a defensive player win is a low scoring game. You know, seventeen thirteen. And they have to score a touchdown, right? So uh, 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 a scoop and score, a pick six, or just like a crazy sack game. Like Aaron Donald gets four sacks. Von Miller gets four sacks. Uh, Trey Hendrickson, the Bengals guy, gets four sacks or something crazy like that. And I'm kind of expecting this game to go under. I I don't know if there's going to be a ton of fireworks here. So I do kind of like some of the defensive player numbers um, just overall. Yeah. You know, people people forget that Von Miller won the MVP in that game in the Peyton Manning uh, Super Bowl. They just Bowl, assume right? like Peyton Manning forget. won it. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Yeah, people forget that, but it was uh, you know Miller was fantastic in that game. Uh, all right, now uh, here's the final one we'll look at here, and then you know coming back on the other side, we, we got a lot more to go over here, no question. And this is the Super Bowl MVP of Stafford versus the rest of the field. So you could get Stafford at plus one eighteen or the field minus 146. Now, if you just bet Stafford to win the MVP, it is plus 120. So Davis, when you analyze this, I suppose the likelihood is, is that, well, I basically, the question is, do you think that there's value on minus 146 by not picking Stafford? Yeah, I do. Um, Because again, I think there are, like there are scenarios where the Rams win this game Stafford doesn't have a great game. Stafford throws two interceptions and the Rams still win. Stafford has, you know, 220 passing yards and one touchdown and Cam Akers wins or Aaron Donald wins. You know, I think the fact that there is real star power on this roster outside of Stafford on both sides of the ball, Ramsey could win, right? If Ramsey has a a pick six, Mm -hmm. you know, or something like that. Like I I think the field is, is quite live here. And honestly, it's, it's, it's sort of just a bet that the Bengals win the game as well. Like, I feel like if you are on the Bengals, like if you are on the Bengals plus four or Bengals money line, I feel like this is a pretty good corresponding wager. Yeah, and, and the you know the other thing is you mentioned Williams, who you're probably right, should have won the MVP with Kansas City uh, two years ago. Um, you know, there's very little discussion about a possible running back winning the MVP. I mean, we, we didn't see any in terms of the first, let's see, first uh, six players. 
as far as odds on FanDuel. And running back falls behind wide receiver. Like, so, I, and I understand the notion with that, Davis. There's no question. But if, if we would have had this conversation, what, 10, 20 years ago? Like, running back may be as close to quarterback as possible. It's just the game has changed so much. That's why these wide receivers are ahead of the game. Yeah, and I also think that the market is correctly assuming that the the running backs in this game are going to have tough sledding. Uh, you know, I think the reason why the Rams running backs are going to be tough sledding is, look, I mean, it's amazing that Cam Akers came back from this Achilles injury, but he just really has not looked all that good, right? Just really has not looked very explosive. Yeah. He was good in the Arizona game, um, but, you know, he's, he, he's not looked like prime Eric Dickerson out there. And probably we will see a little bit of Sony Michelle worked in. You know, I mean, he just played 55% of the snaps against the 49ers as Akers was dealing with that injured shoulder. And Joe Mixon has basically been irrelevant in the playoffs. The, you know, the, the best play a Bengals running back has made was Samaj Pirine scoring the touchdown. Uh, you know, he had like a 48 receiving yard touchdown. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think both of these teams are going to try to run a lot, and I don't think they're going to be very successful in running the ball, which is why I, I kind of am. I, I kind of am thinking this is maybe not going to be a Super Bowl for the ages. I hope I'm wrong. Right. I, I very much hope that both of these teams come out and are really aggressive and we have Chase and Cup and Odell flying all over the place. But I just I have a, a, a bad sense of foreboding that it is not going to be, you know, a, an all out aerial assault style game. Yeah, I, I thought I, I think it was the game, if I'm not mistaken, between what was it, Seattle and New England a few years ago, where if the name I get right, was it Darius Butler? that intercepted Malcolm Butler, Malcolm Butler, Malcolm Butler, that intercepted uh, Russell Wilson at the goal line, but Butler did not win the MVP of that game. Correct. I think it was Brady, right? Am I wrong? Or was that, was that Edelman? Uh, I yeah, it was, it was, yeah. it was Tom Brady, which is, which, it, which feels insane, right? It feels like, it, it feels like Butler should have won, but that goes back yes. to what I'm saying, which is that the superstar, the true superstar quarterbacks win the MVP when their team wins. But I don't think Stafford is part of that. In a weird way, I think Burrow is actually viewed because like there's just such a like Burrow is having such a cultural moment right now. You know, like everyone loves Joe Burrow. I, we we're already seeing the oh Burrow's gonna be the best for the like it's like all the crap everyone was saying about Herbert in the regular season that, you know, is all gonna be forgotten when the Bengals lose a regular season game next year. But Burrow is just like he's having such a moment that I think the the voters will like view the narrative in that way. Yeah, it, it, that that was funny about how the way that that was voted, Davis. Too, when you think about that game specifically, which is why to me it's so difficult to take a defensive player, and it's rare that Von Miller would win because essentially whoever wins as a defensive player is going to have to do things in the first half of the game. I mean, think of the way that the voters yeah. had the MVP already tabulated up until the point that Butler made that pick, which is why he didn't win the MVP. Essentially, everyone probably had Brady, right? The writers had Brady on their list. They scratched it off, put Wilson as they were driving, and then the pick happened, and it was like, uh, all right, I'll just go back to Brady. Nobody really even considered that Butler saved their game. I mean, it's just a crazy way that that uh, sort of played out in that Super Bowl. Maybe this is another one. We'll be right back with more fantasy sports today, more props right after this. Break, break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. I'm Craig Mish along with Davis Maddock. Just a reminder to catch all of our Super Bowl coverage this week. Make sure you are following us on Twitter at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV for the latest news, notes, and information. Of course, picks against the spread, interviews that are happening right now in Los Angeles. We'll post them all there for you. That's at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV. And before we get back into our props, just one quick note. As ESPN reports that uh, Rich Bisaccia, the former Raiders head coach Davis looks like he is headed to Green Bay to become their special teams coach. Of course, the Raiders did very well, Davis, with Passaccia there, but opted to go with Josh McDaniels. And the Packers' special teams is clearly, I mean, their offense did cost them a trip to, a potential trip to the Super Bowl, but uh, their, their special teams was also pretty rough. <laughs> I mean, they were the worst special teams unit as measured by Football Outsiders DVOA in the entire NFL. They, you know, draft Amari Rodgers in the third round as like a kick return, punt return specialist. He's awful all year long, you know, does, does nothing. In fact, actually makes a bunch of mistakes in that role. Uh, they their, their season ended because they had a punt blocked and returned for a touchdown. It, it's hard to imagine special teams, you know, being the thing that that sinks the ship for a team because you know what is it not even 10 percent of the plays in a game you know kickoffs punt returns things like that so uh, mason mason crosby even you know bad just all bad so uh i i hope they are paying rich pistachio well i i feel like he probably has to feel a little hard done by it you know makes the makes the playoffs as the interim coach yeah. with all the weirdness in in las vegas and they they base i did they, did he even get an interview um like, I feel like they yeah, didn't interview. even really consider. No, they, so they got an interview. Okay, yeah. so we got an interview. Good for him. Uh, you know, they they win a different direction, you know, basically trying to become the Patriots of the of the West Coast. But certainly the Packers are going to be hoping that Rich Passaccia does a good job in Green Bay. Yeah, no, no doubt. And and look, um, you know, sometimes, you know, play, coaches do well for one reason or another. The Raiders did have sort of a lucky run there at the end of the season. But Passaccia, definitely, from all accounts, the players wanted him back. We'll see with Josh McDaniels now running things in Las Vegas. Let's take a look at some more Super Bowl props, courtesy of the FanDuel Sportsbook going into the weekend. First team to record a sack 
I should, we should just replace this graphic with Aaron Donald minus 210 versus the Bengals plus 160. But of course, the Rams do have some other players that can sack the quarterback. It's probably doing a disservice to them. But I, I think that's more or less the prop here, isn't it? Well, uh, I mean, you know, Aaron Donald's line for a sack is one. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's just one sack. Um, the, 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 this matchup is incredibly interesting for these props that, that we're about to talk through because Joe Burrow is the quarterback who was sacked the most during the season, and Matthew Stafford is the quarterback who threw the most interceptions during the season. Uh, no quarterback who was the most sacked quarterback has ever won a Super Bowl before, and only Eli Manning is a quarterback who has won a Super Bowl, being the quarterback who is intercepted most often in, of course, you know, those very fluky uh, giant Super Bowls that uh, I, I really wish we could just strike from history. So it's uh, it's a matchup we've never we've never really seen anything like this in the final game of the season before. Of course, you know, the Rams is going to be the smart money for the first team to record a sack because Burrow just eats all these sacks. The Bengals offensive line is not good. But, you know, I, I don't think I can lay minus 210 on this, right? No. I mean, I, I maybe maybe you throw these in some parlays or something like that, but I don't think sure. I can lay minus 210, especially because it's the first. Like, what if, you know, what if the, the Rams get the ball first and then the the Bengals have a quick three and out? Like, it just, there are too many ways this can go wrong, I think. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, and look, at any of these props, anything over like 150, 160, it's, you, you, if you bet three of those, you're going to lose one, and then you're basically even. So I, I don't see much of a point. Right. I agree with you. Um, so let's just run through this real quick. The team to record the most sacks, I think we're in that same predicament here, more or less. Minus 230 with the Rams. Cincinnati Bengals, plus 175. I don't have an extreme knowledge of how many you know sacks the Bengals average per game, but I can tell you that it's not as much as the Rams. No, I uh, I actually think this one is bettable. So I didn't think I didn't think first one is bettable. But if you are wanting to, uh, if you are wanting to get you know uh, money here, I, I definitely think this is the correct one. Uh, in the regular season, the Bengals were basically middle of the road. They had forty two sacks. You know that was the same as the Cardinals and the Cowboys. You know not not a particular not you know great. Uh, they were below league average in in hurries overall. Whereas the Rams defense, uh, they, you know, they got after the quarterback all year long, third in the NFL in sacks, and we know Burrow's propensity to take sacks. And by the way, you know, sacks, I think, are much more of a quarterback statistic than we think. You know, we, we sort of think, like, oh, you know, a quarterback doesn't really have, uh, they, they have no control over that. Either the, the pass rush gets there or it doesn't. But one of the things that, you know, the nerds who work for Pro Football Focus and Football Outsiders, one of the things they've found is that quarterbacks actually do tend to be much more responsible for sack rate than we would have assumed 10 years ago. You know, Russell Wilson, a great example of that, just a guy who gets sacked way more often than you would expect, uh, given, you know, his overall skill level. So I'm not saying Joe Burrow is bad, but I am saying that I, I think that uh, I think this is bettable even at minus 230. All right, so let's take a look at the first player to record a sack in the game, assuming there will be one. Are there odds, by the way, Brent? Are there are no sacks whatsoever? I mean, it's always interesting to me. Like, thank you. Okay, thirty-four to one on no sack at all. I may like that better than any of these. Aaron Donald plus three sixty. Trey Hendrickson five to one. Von Miller five and a half to one. Miller doesn't play every down. 
uh, Sam Hubbard, nine to one. And then we have a litany of guys that FanDuel throwing at us here in Greg Gaines, Leonard Floyd, uh, Traven Howard, and Troy Reader. They are all 11 to one and clearly could all get a sack. But what this is sort of telling you is that uh, Davis, someone probably unexpected is going to end up winning some money for you on this bet. That's that's sort of the way that I see it based on the odds. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Uh, my my bet here would be on Troy Reader. So have a little bit of uh, have a little bit of research I've done on this one. Um, about uh, six weeks ago, they uh, the the Rams benched I, I forget his name, but they're they're normal middle linebacker, and they started using Troy Reader as their full time middle linebacker, and he played he's played about eighty five percent of their snaps in the playoffs, a little bit more than that. Now he doesn't rush the passer a ton, so you know you're better off betting his tackles or or whatever. But just the fact that he is going to be out there way more than the market is suggesting, like he might be like Weddle. I mean, he might play every single snap in this game. So I'm just betting a bunch of props related to him because he's being priced like a backup or, or tertiary player when he's literally out there every single snap. All right. Good info there on reader for sure. I'm still waiting. We have to do the penalty prop, by the way, before the, the week is over. It's my favorite one. I didn't even look at it yet. It's got to be 11, 12 or 13, somewhere, somewhere in between those three. All right. Uh, defensive special teams touchdown. So one of these happened in the postseason, right? San Francisco scored a special teams touchdown. So, hey, who yep. knows? It could happen in the Super Bowl. Yes, plus 260. No, minus 370. So it's a yes or no bet, right? Like that's basically the way that you would go about this. Yeah, I would I would actually uh bet yes here. I mean, I you know, I don't know how fair these odds are. The fair odds is probably close to like plus 350 or whatever, but again, going back to that statistical nugget that we have the most intercepted quarterback and the most sacked quarterback. I mean, that's basically where defensive special teams touchdowns come from. They 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 don't come from, you know, fumbles via the running back all that often. You know, how often does a running back fumble and it gets picked up? Like those are the ones where you you sit on them, but uh, it's, it's a lot easier when you strip sack the quarterback to return that for a touchdown, right? Um, so I actually think yes here. I mean, maybe it's not uh, maybe it's not like the sharpest side uh, of all time, mm-hmm. but uh, th- this is also just kind of one of those fun ones to root for as you uh, as you are watching the Super Bowl. So I don't I don't hate that one. All right, so let's close it out with interceptions, and. Boy, I, I don't know. This, 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 I mean, to get plus on a prop and feel good about it is so rare. And it's not really plus here, to be honest with you, at plus 100. But, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing Stafford throw picks all the time. And Burrow always, like, has one play where, I don't know, Davis, I close my eyes and I'm dreaming of Burrow running down to the sideline, like escaping, escaping a rusher. And he almost gets out of bounds, but instead he throws it right back over the middle for an interception. I got over here, over one and a half on interceptions. You like under? No, no way. No way am I betting the under here. I think Stafford could throw two. I think Burrow could throw two. I think they could combine for, for three or four um, in this game. I mean, that that scenario you just mentioned, you know, Burrow rolling out to the side, chucking it. I mean, he did that against the Chiefs. And the linebacker dropped it. I mean, he he not. I mean, he he threw it right to a Kansas City Chiefs linebacker, just like in his. I not that I'm mad or upset that the Bengals beat the Chiefs <laughs> still or anything. Not that I'm still right. not that I'm still ruminating on it. But he did. I mean, he he threw it directly to uh, a Chiefs linebacker. Uh, you know, Burrow threw uh, an interception 
uh, to Thornhill, I think, in that game on a, a deep pass attempt. And, you know, one of the knocks for Joe Burrow coming into the league was that, you know, he's super smart, very cerebral, understands the offense, but he he does not have a cannon. You know, Joe Burrow does not have a, uh, you know, a top five arm talent or whatever. He's not, he's not really one of those guys. And those are the type of quarterbacks that tend to throw a lot of interceptions because they trust themselves, they trust the situation, but they don't quite have the oomph to get it there. And Stafford is the opposite. Stafford does have the cannon. He's got he's got all the, the arm talent in the world, and he trusts it too much. So he's like, well, I'm firing it in there 65 yards down the field to Van Jefferson. I'm the only quarterback in the world who can make that throw. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's, uh, it's right. being returned the other way. So this, I feel like this market is... I, I would price it the other way. I would I would price the over at like minus one fifteen. So I I uh, really like this over. I think this is really strong. Yeah, it, it almost seems too good to be true. This, this is probably my favorite one of of all the ones that uh, that we've discussed. So so as you've narrowed it down, and and you know certainly I'm I'm still waiting for player props. By the way, on Fanduel, I don't know I don't know what what I'm missing here. But normally I'm I, I think that they're usually out by now. I guess maybe it'll be tomorrow. Uh, you know, yards and receptions and everything like that. I'm, I, I still am looking for that. But, but how many have you narrowed it down to at this point? Are you, above, are you over under nine and a half? Where are you at? I, all, all inclusive, I have more than, than nine and a half for sure. Um, that, I mean, you know, a, a lot of the multiple markets, so like Odell Beckham to win MVP, the Rams to win outright. Uh, the under on Joe Mixon receiving yards, the over on Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham receiving yards. Uh, I think those are interesting. I did bet uh, Kendall Blanton for uh, the, the first touchdown. But, I mean, we, we will be going deep into all of these over the, uh, the course of the week. Also parlayed, parlayed the Rams with some of my golf bets this weekend to, uh, to really juice up those odds as well. Yeah, big event this weekend in the Phoenix Open. And so we'll cover that for you as well as the week goes on. As a reminder, this Sunday morning, it's our final edition of Fantasy Sports Today on Sunday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern. Myself, Matt Stryker, and Joe Pizapia. We have you covered with our final DFS lineup of the season. So make sure you join our show. That is this Sunday morning from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern right here on SportsGrid. Also, as well... A lot of the crew is out in Los Angeles, so make sure you're following along all day long. I can only imagine what Scott Farrell has planned a little bit later today, so stay on the grid right here on SportsGrid, sportsgrid.com. We'll wrap up our first hour of our show right after. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, 
Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, the Major League Baseball lockout continues, Davis, and the U.S. Labor Department uh, this morning has a report essentially saying that they are willing to step in and help. Uh, Major League Baseball asked for a mediator uh, to come in and basically work together with the players. The players said no, so we're at a standstill. The owners will meet uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, and Thursday in Orlando and apparently send over some proposal, but with no proposal and no agreement by, I believe it is probably Wednesday or Thursday this week, uh, that will essentially mean spring training, pitchers and catchers will not start on time next week. What a bummer. Not not the story we wanted to uh, to be telling the folks. We we would love for uh, you know the owners of the Major League Baseball franchises to wisen up, spend a little bit extra cash, disperse the uh, the money you know uh, more appropriately to their minor league franchises to the guys. You know the because really what this lockout is about is it's about the the twenty fourth guy. It's about uh, it's about the loogie for the Kansas City Royals. You know the 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 thirty best paid baseball players they're they're totally fine with uh with the market as it is so i i really hope that they get things figured out uh i hope that the uh income for the league gets dispersed appropriately and uh always remember never never side with the owners folks always always side with the labor i i will tell you that the more i'm talking to people about it the more i'm starting to think though um players are culpable as well, man. Like they, they could have easily accepted uh, this mediation, at least to hear what they had to say without accepting a deal, um, but are choosing not to. And there are some that feel Davis that they chose not to accept the mediation because there was potential embarrassment from a ruling from the mediator, meaning that they would not accept the deal that the mediator would accept. So, I mean, who knows if all of that is accurate or not, but something to think about the PR optics on the player side as well. All right. We'll have more coming up at the top of the hour. Unfortunately, some bad news for an NFL running back. Go Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.